Why is recorded in front of a live studio audience. Okay. And what other movies? And romantic, like she talked with Zach and like for a good 30 minutes and she totally like was on it. So Randy has seen movies. She has seen movies. Just any of the ones we mentioned, she has not. Right. Which some of our listeners would think that's because we see all of the pretentious art films that no one sees, which is true. But, but we also sit through a lot of trash. Let's we just... love a lot of great trash. Yeah. And all the mainstream stuff, too. And in our past conversations, if you haven't heard them, Randy has not known some very mainstream, very popular films. Right. No, I mean, Land Before Time, she only could describe as that dinosaur movie. <laughs> yes. So, and she had no idea who Five was. None. And to and not know that, that's, that's a great travesty. No. I mean, Linda Ronstadt, was that Aaron Neville on that one? Or was that James Ingram, and that was the same time as Don't Know Much, which was the Aaron Neville duet? Exactly. Yes. Wasn't there someone else we've been talking to or working with who's a huge uh, Bruce Hornsby fan? Or am I imagining this? There's a lot of Bruce Hornsby references, I feel, that my uncle loves Bruce Hornsby. That's not what we're talking about. No. No, there has been been a whole range discussion. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, Uh, Wide-ranging Wide-ranging Yes. Discussion. Yeah. Well, that's just the way, the way it is. is. <laughs> <laughs> this is why, with your hosts Heidi Hedquist and Luke Poling. All right. Well, I hear Captain. Oh Snow, can you so. hear him? He's so yes. loud. So that means <laughs> that means it's pretty much any time of day. Yeah, no, meanwhile, Warren Oates fell asleep. Oh, speaking of which, here he is. Uh, he fell asleep on the coffee table this evening with his head hanging off the side. Was it, was it documented? Uh, no, because when I said nobody move, guess what happened? He woke up. Everybody moved. Oh. Um, come here, dude. Oh. Have you been working out? <laughs> Aw, little boo. So you get confused cute. if you see yourself on the TV. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, there's another white cat there. Like, what's happening? I know. This is so surreal. Who's that weird cat in the blue? <laughs> no, he'll, he'll spend a lot of time staring at his reflection in the window. Yes, it's like my cat. He should she's with not me. smart. Shut up. He's just making sure he looks good for his photo shoot. He is smart. He knows what's happening. Yeah. Let's make sure his whiskers are aren't out of place. Exactly. How'd you get into this? It was through chainsaw art, correct? Um, that is correct. And um, then I'll turn it around and ask you a question. <laughs> Do you want yes. the long story or the short story? Because. <laughs> There is no easy, um, you know, one line that um, kind of says it all, but uh, other than uh, somehow or another, <laughs> we've gone to the dogs. Right. Big, big, big style. Um, G- give us the full story. Oh, 
Okay. Well, that's the fun story because uh, um, there is a love story that's connected. That's a part of it. Um, the big dog would not have happened had um, Dennis and I not met um, when um, back in 1990 or so, um, and um, uh, obviously. Um, uh, the, the carvings came first. Um, when I met Dennis, he was already um, doing dog carvings and selling them by attending various arts and craft shows in, in the area. That's how we met because I was displaying um, my sewn items that I was doing at the time. And um, uh, so I was in Montana, he was in Idaho, <laughs> and um, we met and corresponded for quite a few years trying to figure out how I could quit my day job, join him in his carving business, um, which we would need to ramp up somehow to support a family and um, more than one person. And um, fortunately, I was in Montana when um, a piece of mail came through for the president of the company that I worked for and monitored his mail. And it was an opportunity to um, potentially sell product through QVC, the Philadelphia-based uh, <laughs> <yeah>. shopping town, <laughs> or Westchester, Pennsylvania-based, but that's close enough to Philly. Yeah. And um, I threw that letter in the trash can knowing that my uh, my company would not be interested in that kind of an opportunity. And then that, um, uh, what do they call it, the pregnant pause in drama and theater, pause, pause, pause. <laughs> I go, wait a minute, if they're doing this, uh, making this offer in Montana, they must be going to be making this offer in Idaho. I hope they haven't made that offer already and pulled it out of the trash can and contacted my love at that time. Um, we were still living long distance and said, here's this info. Call up um, Idaho's Department of Commerce. Um, hopefully they haven't been to the state already soliciting um, small businesses to try out to be appear on um, QVC. And so that led us to uh, the answer was that Nope, it hadn't happened in Idaho, but was going to, and we tried out at this um, glorified trade show. Um, the QVC folks um, loved our dog carvings, and so after that um, uh, physical uh, showing of our product, along with 200 other um, potential vendors, um, of which only 20 were going to be selected, um, then Dennis got that call that says, you're one of those, and we'd like to have X number of carvings. And that was the path, that was the big break that we were looking for that would enable us to physically join our lives and me to quit my job and move over to um, Idaho on the other side of the same mountain chains, the Bitterroot Mountains that separate Montana and Idaho from each other. Um, and um, that ultimately led to a year and a half of producing carvings for um, QVC. We hired people to help us in the process, gave us what we thought was a bundle of money. We thought we could buy all of North Idaho probably. It seemed like that much, but <laughs> 
turns out we were able to buy um, two and a half acres of property move Dennis's production um, studio from, uh, I call it, a ratty old warehouse that was about ready to fall apart to um, building our studio, inviting the public to stop by, what would be better to um, give them a hint of what we do was to build a big dog of which the littlest two of the two that I presume you've seen the pictures of Mm -hmm. um, uh, that came with us to the property that was the nothing else had ever been built on this little bit of acreage that we have Um, and the 12 foot tall world's biggest beagle at the time um, was um, installed on a mound of dirt and near the highway, so people would um, see that and then wonder what this little tiny building <laughs> housed where our studio was. And then a few years later, the idea came to build the the big dog as an inhabitable building, as an inhabitable habitat. I can't say that word right now. <laughs> uh, an occupiable building. <laughs> and what should we make that building be? Why not make it a bed and breakfast style guest house where instead of people can come and stay in the cabin in the woods, they can come and stay in the dog on the prairie. I'm comedian David Race in Los Angeles. I host a celebrity-filled paranormal talk show like no other. Monstrosity has great guests answering weird questions. You won't believe the combo of celebrities and paranormal experts who've been on this show. I guarantee you'll like Monstrosity or you get your time back. Go to monstrositypodcast.com right now and take a look. Did you have any, I mean, any idea of how successful on an international level, like you said, I know you were named one of the top 20 most fun places to stay in the London Times. I mean, you've got incredible news coverage, as you said, over the years. Did you have any clue that this was going to reach to all corners of the world? Well, in hindsight, we did only by the comment or comments um, from our very first guest back in August of 2003. Um, And so this, for our part of Idaho, 2003 was, you know, just the dawning of the Internet age here, and we all were on Um, dial-up. But so so unbeknownst to us, we started – Three years prior, we started building the dog because we were in no hurry to do it. My husband um, had left a career before I ever met him as um, having his own construction company. Um, so that gave him the know-how to design and build the big dog um, ourselves, except for, by law, the parts that you had to you know, bring in contractors and whatnot. Um, so um, um, somehow or another, the word got out to um, a photographer and travel journalist in New York City that this big dog was being built out in Idaho. 
he anonymously would call us once in a while over the years asking, like other people, say, when's that dog going to be done and what's it going to be? Um, and so we didn't even, he never gave his name. We never recognized that same voice, just somebody from New York calling us. Um, mm-hmm. And then finally, maybe six months before we were done with the dog, he called once again and this time identified himself, especially after we said it'll be done before the end of 2003. And he identified himself and he had a particular interest in um, roadside America and, um, you know, the Lucy the Elephant, you must know, Luke, sure. um, mm-hmm. down by Atlantic City, for instance, yeah. and those kinds of big structures. And so he said, when are you going to be done? I want to be the first to stay. So we just off the cuff of our head said, yeah, we'll be done by August 3rd. <laughs> He goes, great, I'm going to stay, come and stay for three days, of which we weren't quite done. We made him promise that he wouldn't go out and drink wine on the deck because the railing wasn't on the deck and the paint was still drying inside. But thankfully, he arrived many hours late, so at least the paint got to be dry. Um, But anyway, in the course of visiting with him, He sort of was preparing to leave and said words to the effects of, um, just you wait. And we, you know, being, even though we're East Coasters, but it's been so long ago, (laughs) we've lived out West and we didn't want to be impolite or look stupid and ask him, what do you mean about just you wait? And then... As the years, you know, went by and media came and then people came, um, we go, oh, that's what Peter Gutman meant. (laughs) Wow. What do your neighbors make of this? Is somebody building a giant water bowl a couple miles down the road? Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We have a sense, and we didn't live in the town of Cottonwood. Um, prior to buying this property here, because our prerequisite is it needed to be an open on an open area, um, and um, uh, this is large acreage agricultural com- um, country. So mm-hmm. to buy a few acres on the side of the highway is not easy to do. Um, but uh, we found this long forgotten about acreage. Um, on the edge of Cottonwood, we prior to um, a few years ago lived 15 miles away in Grangeville. So Cottonwood people really didn't know us. Um, um, and um, so that made us even a little more suspect. It's come around to loving that um, a lot of people from the area can travel afar and when asked where they're from and saying Cottonwood, a lot of people, even internationally, sometimes will say, isn't that where that big dog is? That's, <laughs> so that's awesome. Some are taking pride in it, um, but not wanting to emulate it. <laughs> There's still a little bit of head shaking going on. 
<laughs> so maybe we're the only ones with the fleas. I don't know. <laughs> How did you decide on the breed? Um, that's an easier story to tell. Um, when my husband first started chainsaw carving, um, he didn't immediately go into dogs. He did large people carvings and other things, but then, um, zeroed in on, um, uh, he's always had a dog, you know, so he studied dogs and wouldn't that be something to do dogs? And then once he started carving dogs, that then was where his, you know, kind of true calling was. And uh, early on, he did what we would call generic dogs. They weren't a particular breed. But when he started to explore doing breeds, um, then um, very early, his earliest one was a beagle. And why a beagle? I don't know. He's never owned one. Artistically, it's a great dog to carve and to paint because of the big ears, doleful eyes, the tricolors um, make it attractive as an art piece. And everybody, even if they can't call it a beagle by name, they know that dog. We've had beagles in America so long that people think it's an American dog. <laughs> Sorry, English. <laughs> but um, So that's why. Um, um, and the beagle became, as he started adding more, dog uh, breeds to his repertoire of carvings, it became his bestseller and has been um, all these years. So when it came time to build the big dogs, they had to be beagles. And, and do said- we own a beagle? No. It's, we <laughs> love the beagle, but it's the wrong uh, temperament of dog for us. We've had golden retrievers and one Labrador retriever uh-huh. over the years. And his um, repertoire is pretty extensive i'm just looking on the website here i mean you've got everything from an akita down to you know pugs and uh, it's impressive even except unless you were for instance a shih tzu owner owner or um (laughs) um i'm trying to think of some of generally it's the the smaller toy dogs a chihuahua for instance does not translate well with a chainsaw and a hunk of wood. So when people come to stay, and obviously I know you're a bit off the beaten path, what? tell us a little bit about what that experience is like, both staying in the dog and, and what other things they might like to do while they're, while they're visiting. Okay. Um, well, um, let's see. Their experiences of things to do depend a little bit, of course, on their familiarity. So I'll answer this as if it's people coming internationally or coming from significantly far away from us. Sure. Um, So um, what they experience, and we had to learn to see the assets of where we live through the eyes of the people that I'm mentioning that are coming from afar, that it's really special to be able to step out at night and see the stars. And the last few nights, for example, the super moon has been absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't have um, light wash. Um, and so, matter of fact, Idaho recently has been designated an international um, dark sky um, mm-hmm. preserve. Very cool. Um, uh, so we, um, um, they enjoy that. 
often people will say it reminds me of going to my grandma's house 40 or 50 years ago because um, our highway that is visible um, right from where we are is only two lanes and after dark the volume of traffic <laughs> drops off to next to nothing you know so uh, and then we have um, vistas of um, broad expanses of rolling undulating agricultural land surrounded by um, um, mountains around us so um, we're on a what's described as a high prairie even though it's rolling and with the mountains in the distance then um, that means there has to be um, rivers and um, drainages to get to the lower country so um, just um, less than a 40-minute drive from us is the northern end, for instance, of Hell's Canyon National Recreation Area. And what's important about Hell's Canyon? Other than its odd name, and <laughs> name that because uh, at uh, much lower elevation in the summertime, it feels like hell down there. It's really hot, and it's rugged, ah. and it's remote. And it's can be thorny and rattlesnakes if you jump oh, around in there. <laughs> sounds like a blast. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a great place to visit, doesn't right. it? Right. <laughs> Look, you got to take the chance. Yeah. <laughs> what's noteworthy about it is it is North America's deepest river gorge. It's deeper than the Grand Canyon. Hmm. Um, uh, Grand Canyon is number two and number three is the Bighorn Canyon in Wyoming. Um, so, and there are no roads that, um, other than on the north end and the south end, that go into this, um, instead of being designated a national park, it's a national recreation area. Um, and um, in, so um, the only way to experience this canyon is to either rent a plane and fly over it, and sometimes you can fly down in the canyon, or to um, a few hardy souls hike the canyon, <laughs> but um, or to take um, uh, a jet boat um, tour. It's a day-long tour down in the canyon, and um, it's pretty awesome. For more information, to book a night, or to get some really cool-looking chainsaw art of a dog, check out the website, which is dogbarkpark.com. You can follow us on all the various socials. Our website is whythepodcast.com and has all sorts of additional stories and videos. It's also where you can sign up for our newsletter. We're also on YouTube, if you're into that kind of thing. And don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes, because if you don't, We'll call your mother and tell her that she's completely right. You would look so much prettier if you smiled more. Why the Podcast is part of Mudhouse Media. Today's show was produced by myself and Heidi Hegquist. Our reluctant executive producers are John Sovey and Sandy Stone. Our willing executive producers are Rachel Allen and Randy Chinette. Our graphic designer is Samantha Mustonen. The theme song was performed by the Electrosynthomagnetic Polyphonic Orchestra. This one's for Philippe. Thanks for joining us. Flash, we're coming home.
Nigel, is that you? Are you here, Nigel?